This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cashback really adds up. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Breaking news tonight at the brink. Record spikes in coronavirus across the South and West as the number of new infections nationwide doubles from just weeks ago. Hospitals and ICUs now running out of beds. Nurses protesting, saying, give us more masks and gowns. Is the country at a tipping point again? Reversing course ahead of the holiday, states now reimposing restrictions on businesses. California shutting down bars, businesses and restaurants in most of the state as New York City scraps plans to loosen rules there. Tonight, the new warning from governors, stay home on July 4th. Anger unmasked, tempers flare. As more cities mandate masks, the new science tonight on which ones work and what the president just said about whether he'll now wear one. Calling it a hoax, President Trump says he doesn't believe reports Russians tried to put bounties on American soldiers. This just hours after his own national security advisor said it was important enough to share with troops. Plus, the president demands New York cancel plans to paint Black Lives Matter outside his Manhattan high-rise. The reaction tonight after he calls the phrase a symbol of hate. Breaking news in the disappearance of a Fort Hood soldier. Shots ring out as police approach a suspect as investigators share details with a missing woman's family. Seattle standoff. Police move in to clear out a neighborhood taken over by protesters weeks ago. And music for the movement. Meet the 12-year-old sensation who's writing the soundtrack for this moment in history. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Nora is off tonight. I'm Major Garrett. 
We're going to begin with breaking news. A stunning surge in coronavirus cases across much of our country that's forcing states to close bars, beaches, and businesses, reimposing restrictions just days before the July 4th holiday. Tonight, the number of new infections nationwide is nearly double what it was just two weeks ago. In some states, the increases are even more dramatic. Texas is now reporting 8,000 new cases in 24 hours, a new record. And in what feels like a nightmarish flashback to the early days of this pandemic, overflowing emergency rooms in Houston are sending patients to other cities. Tonight, California's governor says cases are spiking so quickly there, he's shutting down most businesses he only recently allowed to reopen. And the fast food giant McDonald's says it is scrapping plans to serve food inside most of its restaurants for at least the next three weeks. Nationwide, public health officials say they fear the holiday weekend could be a dangerous turning point, and they're urging people to stay home. As we come on the air, the virus has killed about 128,000 people nationwide. Confirmed cases in the U.S. nearing 2.7 million. As you can tell, there is a lot of breaking news tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Carter Evans is going to lead off our coverage tonight, and he's in Riverside, California. Carter? Major, many California cities have already canceled fireworks displays for the 4th of July and closed beaches. Well, now the governor is going one step further as hospitals fill up and COVID cases here in California skyrocket. This is what California's governor wants to end. He's ordered 70% of the state to close bars and ban indoor dining for at least the next three weeks. We were able to bend the curve in the state of California. We're going to bend this curve uh, again. With new COVID cases in California spiking 72% in just the last two weeks, the situation is catastrophic in places like Riverside County, east of Los Angeles, where ICU beds are 90% full. <laughs> And nurses are sounding the alarm. They give us one um, N95 mask per shift. What happens if you see a COVID patient and then go in to see another patient without COVID? Same mask? Same mask. Angel Moreno says staffing and equipment shortages are still happening months after the pandemic began. Are you afraid you're going to get sick? Yeah, of course, absolutely, on a daily basis. Meanwhile, in New York today, the city postponed indoor dining indefinitely, and the governor lashed out at the president. He denied the reality of this situation from day one. Well, you know what, Mr. President? Reality wins. The latest reality check, a cluster of cases in New York's Rockland County. Eight people at a large party infected, not cooperating with health investigators. Now the county has subpoenaed them. I will not allow the, to have the help of our county compromised because of ignorance. And there's potentially good news on the vaccine front. Two companies, Pfizer and BioNTech, say clinical trials are showing positive results, but no timeline on how soon a vaccine could be ready. And it can't come soon enough for Americans who are being asked to hunker down again. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. This is Janet Shamlian in Houston, where a dire situation is unfolding. A surge of COVID patients has some hospitals here scrambling to find beds in other Texas cities. The patients end up basically backing up in the emergency room. Uh, they're, quote unquote, boarding in the emergency room because there are no beds in the hospital for them. New infections in Texas soared to an all-time high of 8,076 cases today. More than 6,900 are hospitalized with the virus. At this Houston emergency clinic, 
desperate measures. We had to send patients uh, as far as Huntsville or Galveston, uh, which is from here, if you do the, the map, it is more than 50 miles away. San Antonio is emerging as a hot spot. Cases nearly doubling in 10 days. More than 800 nurses are coming in to help. The numbers speak for themselves. I'm very concerned and I'm not satisfied with what's going on because we're going in the wrong direction. After Dr. Anthony Fauci on Tuesday called out Texas for reopening too quickly, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick blasted him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We haven't skipped over anything. The only thing I'm skipping over is listening to him. The number of patients hospitalized here has nearly quadrupled since Memorial Day when officials say people became overconfident and stopped adhering to the guidelines. And that's why tonight there is so much concern over the upcoming 4th of July weekend. Major? Janet Shamlian, thank you. Now to today's About Face from President Trump on the question of face masks. After months of mixed messages, today the president said, quote, masks are good and that he'd wear one in a crowd. But without a nationwide order making masks mandatory in public, health officials say they fear cases will keep soaring. Here's CBS's Manuel Bajorquez. Tonight, the battle over requiring face masks continues. We have a right in America not to wear This time at a 7-Eleven store in Fort Worth, Texas, where a customer refused to wear one in order to make a purchase. Today, President Trump said this. I'm all for masks. I think masks are good. Asked if he would wear one. If I were in a tight situation with people, I would absolutely. But he went on to say he doesn't support a national mask order, something states and cities are deciding on their own. Savannah Love means wearing face coverings. We are requiring all of you to do a little more. Wear a mask. Oregon isn't alone in having a requirement to cover your face. In Florida, where new COVID-19 cases are surging, the governor has resisted calls for a statewide mandate. Palm Beach County's new mask order is now the subject of a lawsuit, alleging it violates our constitutional and fundamental human right to privacy. Melissa Martz is one of the attorneys on the suit. To let us alone and let us make our own choices. Let us use our own brains to decide what's good for us pertaining to medical care and our bodies. And this is why. Where there is risk, there must be choice. What about the danger from the virus? I think it's a great point, and I would love to hear some discussion on some um, other ways we can protect ourselves. Scientists at Florida Atlantic University offer this. A simulation of how far droplets that can carry the virus travel in still air with no covering versus a bandana or a professional-grade mask, which limited the spread the most. The debate is also an economic one. Goldman Sachs estimates a national mask order instead of renewed lockdowns could prevent another 5% hit to the U.S. economy. Major? Manuel Bohorkas, thank you so much. Today, President Trump called reports of a Russian bounty on American troops in Afghanistan a hoax. But his national security advisor says the underlying intelligence, raw though it was, was important enough to share with U.S. and coalition forces at the time it was gathered. CBS's Weijia Jiang is at the White House tonight. Weijia? Major, today the White House said it was a career CIA official who made the call not to brief President Trump about the intelligence because it was not verified. In his first interview since the details surfaced, the president said she made the right decision. President Trump doubted U.S. intelligence that Russia may have offered bounties to the Taliban to kill U.S. soldiers. I think it's a hoax. I think it's a hoax by the newspapers and the Democrats. 
Sources tell CBS News details about the potential plot appeared in the president's daily brief, though he has not said if he actually read them. Mr. Trump says what matters is that no one verbally told him the information. The intelligence people didn't even, many of them didn't believe it happened at all. But National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien said the raw intelligence was worrisome enough to share with the military. Even though it wasn't verified, because we were concerned about it, we gave it to U.S. forces. On the CBS News podcast, The Takeout, former National Security Advisor John Bolton told Major President Trump lacked an interest in intelligence briefings. He's just not receptive to, to new facts. Mr. Trump's presumptive Democratic challenger, Joe Biden, said he's more mentally prepared for the job. I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. Voters have questioned whether the ages of both men will impact their work. Biden is 77 and the president just turned 74. He doesn't know where he is, frankly. I watched his press conference yesterday. He's answering, I mean, he's answering questions like this from a teleprompter. The cameras in the room showed that was not true. Earlier today, President Trump also criticized New York City's plan to paint Black Lives Matter on Fifth Avenue, calling it a symbol of hate. All black lives do matter. He agrees with that sentiment. But what he doesn't agree with is an organization that chants pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon about our police officers. President Trump also said New York City should not be spending money on the painting when it plans to slash police funding by a billion dollars, adding it would denigrate the, quote, luxury avenue where Trump Tower is located. Major. Weijia Jang at the White House. Thank you. For weeks, President Trump had demanded Seattle take back a section of that city occupied by groups protesting police brutality. Today, after an accumulating number of acts of violence, including deadly shootings, the mayor ordered Seattle Police to take action. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti on how it all played out. You have five minutes. Police in riot gear moved in at dawn, ordering protesters to move out. Those that resisted were handcuffed. More than 30 arrested, their tents torn down and removed. Shop is not one spot. It's the people. It's the heart of this movement. The nearly month-long occupation of Seattle's Capitol Hill came to an abrupt end after a series of shootings killed at least two people. Seattle's mayor issuing an emergency order overnight, giving police the green light to move in. What has happened here on these streets is lawless and it's brutal. And bottom line, it is simply unacceptable. Protesters demanding to get rid of the police department pushed officers out of their own precinct after a week-long standoff, igniting anger in President Trump, who called the demonstrators anarchists and threatened to send in troops. Today, the police chief pushed to the breaking point. Black lives matter, and I too want to help propel this movement forward, but enough is enough. Enough for now, but protesters are already promising to set up camp somewhere else. Jonathan Migliotti, CBS News. Tonight, part of a security checkpoint at the world's busiest airport is closed after a TSA agent there tested positive for COVID-19. Authorities at Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson Airport say the checkpoint will fully reopen, but only after a deep cleaning. This news comes as many wonder whether it's safe to fly now or later this summer. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports from Chicago's O'Hare Airport. 
Just days from the 4th of July, our flight to Chicago this morning had dozens of open seats. There is concern soaring COVID cases could halt the travel rebound. Gretchen Ike is flying home to Wichita. We're desperate to see family. as a family all over the United States. We had plans to see, but we canceled all those plans. Overall, global demand increased in June, but bookings weakened as cases surged at the end of the month. Now, sources tell CBS News some U.S. carriers are seeing a bump in cancellations ahead of the holiday weekend and slowing reservations for the weeks ahead. But today, United Airlines announced plans to add 25,000 flights in August. Josh Ernest is the airline's chief communications officer. If we do see a decline in people purchasing tickets, then we'll, we'll scale back our schedule accordingly. Today, American joined United dropping onboard social distancing, making all seats available. We don't think it's the right message. We think it's really important in individuals that are in, whether it's a bus or a train or a plane, or uh, social distancing. Is United's thought that social distancing on a plane is not particularly possible? Look, when our competitors talk about block and middle seats, they're talking about a PR strategy, not a safety strategy. A safety strategy is one that's focused on wearing masks. The number of flyers in the U.S. had been on the rise, and airlines expect to see a bump over the 4th of July weekend but they're still only averaging about 70 passengers a flight. That's down 75% from last year. There's been a horrific twist tonight in the search for a soldier who's been missing from Fort Hood in Texas for more than two months. A lawyer for the family of Private Vanessa Guillen says investigators believe they have found her remains. Officials say a soldier wanted for questioning in the case killed himself while authorities approached. Another person of interest is now in custody. Guillen's family said she had complained about being sexually harassed at the base. Tonight, more than 20 million are under heat alerts across the southern plains. It's expected to feel like 112 degrees tomorrow in Fort Smith, Arkansas, nearly as hot as Death Valley. For the 4th of July, it's expected to be, ready for this, hot as a firecracker across the south and upper Midwest. And in Tennessee today, torrential rains swamped roads, stranding drivers in their cars and trucks. Today, authorities in Hong Kong used water cannons and pepper spray to disperse thousands of pro-democracy protesters. Police made more than 300 arrests. They opposed new national security laws that went into effect today. Those laws are intended to crack down on dissent. Music has set the tone for many pivotal moments in American history, with young people often sounding the first notes of protest. Here's CBS's Jim Axelrod with a singer from Jacksonville, Florida, who joins that proud tradition. Introducing Kedron Bryant. I'm a young black man. Kedron Bryant is having a pretty good week for a 12-year-old opening up the BET Awards Sunday. His powerful plea, his beautiful song. And getting interviewed by Alicia Keys Monday. I'm thankful and grateful. Actually, not bad for any age. And I see what's being done to my kind. Which is what happens when you drop a song that perfectly captures the emotions of a moment and gets more than 3 million views on your Instagram page. I'm just like, what? Because I never knew that it was going to go viral. God, protect me. Called, I Just Want to Live. It's a plaintive plea. When I watched that George Floyd video with Kedron, we watched it together. Written by Kedron's mother, Janetta. When he cried out for his mother... It just really hurt my heart in a deep way because I said, what if that was my son? I was born 
from Sam Cooke to Nina Simone to Marvin Gaye. Kedrin joins a long line of singers who've given voice to a movement. Billboard Magazine's Gail Mitchell. The person giving voice to a moment has never been 12 before. Exactly. And I think really Kedron just put a, a, a face on it for this generation. I just sing with hope and I hope that it touches people's lives. I just want to live. A young face, an old soul, and a powerful voice. Jim Axelrod, CBS News. Hope touching people's lives. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, the latest from a COVID patient who was one of the first to receive plasma therapy back in April. Could his recovery be the key to others' survival? And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett in Washington. Thanks for watching and good night. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.